Well, if you have your Bibles, you're in the book of Ephesians. But we're going to fast forward and we're going to find ourselves into the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And we're going to start a series of messages uh, this morning on spiritual warfare. And we're going to, uh, this morning, uh, I've entitled uh, this message, Getting Battle Ready. Getting Battle Ready. Brother Adam Brown is going to come and help me illustrate. Uh, Adam, are you here? Hopefully he hadn't. Here he is. There he is. I know it's hard to see him, right? (laughs) But uh, I appreciate uh, Adam uh, agreeing to doing this. But uh, we're getting battle ready. Now, You don't get ready for a battle while you're in the battle. You get ready before the battle begins. And see, that's where we've messed up a little along the way. We wait till we're getting in the midst of the battle and then we want to Google spiritual warfare, what I'm supposed to do now. We ought to know before we get into the battle. By the way, if you're not in a battle this morning, just hang on, you will be. We're going through battles. And so Adam here, and he's in his camouflage. And man, he did good. He was going to go ahead and paint his face up and all this kind of stuff. And I said, hey, if you want to do that. But I guess Jessica got on to him. Uh, she said, you're not going to use my makeup. But, uh, but he, he, he's ready. Now, if I was to say, uh, and you just look at Adam, I'd say, well, what do you think he's getting ready for? You probably, uh, you can go ahead and answer. Hiding, camouflage. Also, uh, it looks like he's fixing to go uh, into battle, does it not? Got his camouflage on. He's going to go hunting something, right? Uh, if he comes dressed like this, you don't think he's going to go play a round of golf, right? So he, he is battle ready. He's got the right uh, clothing on. And see, here's what we need to understand this morning. The battle that we're going to be facing, if we're not already facing, is a spiritual battle... And so we have to be dressed for it. Are you getting this? You got to be dressed. We are to be warriors because this is a fight. It's a battle. But I got good news for you. The victory's already been won. Amen. And so thank you, Adam. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, So as we're getting battle ready, uh, Jerry... Dr. Jerry Falwell said, uh, as when he gets to school at uh, Liberty University, he would use this uh, phrase, champions for Christ. Yep. Y'all remember that? Yep. Champions for... He said that, that the university, Liberty University, was training champions for Christ. I want to add just a little bit to that. If you're going to be a champion for Christ, you're going to have to be a warrior for Christ. In order to be a champion, you've got to be a warrior. And so here, we're in chapter 6. We're just going to look at verse uh, 10, uh, going to uh, uh, look at verse number 11 very quickly. But as we're getting battle ready. Now, uh, for the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be getting ready. We're going to, in our messages, help us to get equipped, help us to get the right dress on, help us to get the right weapons uh, at our disposal. And so we're going to be in uh, tonight, we're also going to look, and I'm I'm doing it in reverse, we're going to start with the head. We're going to look at the helmet of salvation tonight, and then we're going to continue on. I'm thoroughly convinced that many of us have been fighting the battle 
and we've been losing because we've used the wrong weapons. I believe with all of my heart that Satan and his demonic forces are on an all-out assault. They want to wreak havoc in our families, in our churches, in our lives individually. And so oh, we got to get ready. Church, we got to get ready. We, we have a battle that we're going to be fighting and we're going to fight it uh, with the right weapons and we have to be prepared. And so this is preparation. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He says, finally. Now, that word means having said all that I've already said. Remember when we started in the book of Ephesians, we talked about the book of Ephesians is a book of wealth. We looked at that we have everything at our disposal. We have all that we need in the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians says it this way. Colossians says that we're complete in Him. So you, you're not lacking anything to win this battle. Absolutely nothing. You don't need a second uh, blessing. You don't need a third blessing. You got everything you need. When you got saved and when you called up on the sweet name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you confessed your sins, repented of your sins, and by faith called upon His wonderful name, everything that you needed to win these battles that you're facing was deposited in you. Our problem is that we need not need any more. We need to utilize what we have. And so he says, finally... Having said all that, you're rich, you're rich in Christ, everything that you need. He says, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Then look at verse number 11. And put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. So verse 10 says that we have power Power what? Power to stand against who? Against the wiles of the devil. So by God's grace, these next few moments, we're going to look at getting battle ready. What do we need in order to be battle ready? What do we need to be able to be victorious in the battles that we're going to have to face? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the worship that's already been taking place. Now, Lord, I ask that you give us understanding where we need understanding. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to make applications to our lives so that we can go and be the warriors you've called us to be. Because when we're warriors, then we're going to be able to be champions. Lord, thank you that this is not a battle to victory, but this is a battle from victory. Help us to be reminded that we have everything, everything we need to be able to be victorious in our walk. And Lord, we pray for this invitation. Maybe somebody's in the heat of the battle right now and they've tried everything else. They've tried to, uh, to be stronger. They, they've tried to uh, this and, and, they, and they've tried everything they know how to do, but they're still losing. Lord, I pray that you would set them free. Help them to understand that when you come into their lives, that's all they need. And we pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So in verse number 10, it says to be strong. In verse 11, it says uh, to stand. So well, what does all that mean? Uh, if we're getting battle ready, the first thing that we need to know is that uh, we have a battle plan or a game plan. 
we need to understand that this battle that we're facing has to be intentional. It just not happen chance. Don't wait till you're in the midst. You need to go ahead and be prepared before the battle even begins. And so what, what is our game plan? First of all, we need some encouragement. Now, uh, we have talked about football quite a bit. And uh, uh, football was kind of kicked in. And, and uh, so we're going to use a football illustration to help prove our point. And so we're understanding that uh, we got to, when we come in, and uh, any good coach, he's going to get his uh, players together. And he says, now look, guys, uh, we got an opponent today. And this opponent, yeah, uh, they're ranked in the top ten. This opponent, we know that they have a five-star quarterback. Uh, We understand their defense has not allowed any um, uh, touchdowns and and all that. But I'm telling you, uh, I got confidence in you guys and and guys I really believe with all of my heart that if we execute our game plan we're going to be able to come out victorious today now I don't know about you but uh, that that be that kind of get, get me jacked up and fired up would it not I mean here I'm going I'm thinking yeah man you're right you're right coach we can go and we can win we can fight this battle we can do this or as opposed to a coach comes in and says listen listen guys we have an opponent waiting for us they're in the top ten Nobody's beat them this year, and our chances are pretty slim. Now, you know, our quarterback, uh, he, he's probably not going to get a college scholarship. And their quarterback, he's already got uh, 16 offers. And, and, and you know, guys, it, it, little, it really looks like we're going against a giant. And by the way, we are. And I just want to be honest, I love you guys. But uh, you ain't got a chance. Now, so you get that pep talk. You're going to come out. You're already defeated before you get out on the field. Okay? So if we're fighting this battle, we need some encouragement. Now, we're not doing encouragement, you know, and, and giving you false hope. Here's where our encouragement lies. It's an illustration. A father and a son. It was back in the uh, horse and uh, buggy days. And they were out on the prairie. And a a, a fire came up. uh, And it was uh, getting closer and closer to them. And uh, they were trying to outrun this fire. But uh, they realized that the fire was going to catch up to them. So the boy was getting very nervous. And his dad looked concerned. But he wasn't, uh, you know, uh, too... uh, uh, Upset, and he says, "I tell you, son." He, he said, "Dad, Dad, this, this fire is going to consume us. This this fire is catching up to us. What are we going to do?" He says, "Hang on, boy." He says, "Something will come up." And then he saw there was a little path uh, where the fire had not gotten to, and he says, "Okay, here's what we're going to do." And he turned that wagon around and and made a beeline towards this little area that uh, the fire hadn't got to, and he comes in behind the fire into a spot that had already been burnt. Now the fire is coming from all ages, uh, uh, angles now. And he says, get out, son, and stand. Stand. The boy says, Dad, I don't understand. The fire is right coming against us. He said, stand firm. Don't move. He says, but Daddy, it's raging. I can feel the heat from the fire. He says, stand. About that time, the fire came up to where they were uh, and went no further. Son looked at the boy, his daddy and said, Daddy, I, I don't understand that. He said, well, son, it's very easy. He said, fire 
will not burn what has already been burnt. That's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus took our punishment. He took the judgment that was, that was for us. He took our sin. And because of what He did for us, He took the fire and the heat that was reserved for us. I don't know about you, but that helps me as I go into this battle. Jesus is already taking care of this. Jesus is fighting this battle for me. So we're going to be strong and we're going to stand. So how do we get strong so that we can stand? First of all, you need to realize you're weak. Now we have to always go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 verse number 26. This is after God created man. And He looked at Adam and He said, Adam, you're going to be the ruler. In other words, He gave the ball to Adam and said, Adam, you're the quarterback. You're going to call. You have dominion over what I've given you. But something happened. We all know the story. Uh, yes, he did have the ball. Yes, he was the quarterback. Yes, he had authority, but he lost that authority. Another, uh, another way to speak, uh, Adam dropped the ball. He fumbled the ball. Now, how did he fumble the ball? The Bible says, because of sin. See, you're going to fumble the ball every time if you have sin in your life. And so, uh, he fumbled the ball. Guess who picks it up? Satan comes along and Satan recovers the fumble. Now, Satan is calling the shots. Satan is calling the plays. Satan is the quarterback. Jesus even referred to it in John chapter number 12, verse number 31. And in chapter 14, verse number 30. And also in verse 16 and verse number 1, He says that He, talking about Satan, Jesus said this about him. He said He is the principality of this world. In other words, He says, Hey, Satan is the quarterback now. And the reason why He's quarterback is because man fumbled the ball. And now Satan has picked it up and he has scooped it up and he's calling the shots. He's calling the shots in somebody's life here this morning. You might think nobody's telling me what to do, but my dear friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Satan is your quarterback. And He's calling the shots for you. He is ruling your life. He's dictating how you're going to act. He's dictating how you're going to live. But we also understand God the Father uh, saw all of this. And this is, He already had this game plan even before the beginnings of the world was established. He said in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15, He says there's going to come a time when He will bruise His head. He's talking about His beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, okay, uh, man, uh, you've messed up. You've fumbled a ball. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to recover the ball. How are you going to do that? I'm going to send my beloved Son. 
And my son is going to defeat the quarterback, the principality of this world. He's going to crush him. He's going to defeat him. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. He defeated Satan. He defeated uh, the authority of Satan. And he said, okay man, even though you fumble the ball, now I've given you a game plan and I've given you ability to recover the ball so that you can now have the ball in your hands once again. We see it in John chapter 12, uh, verse 31 through 32. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And so here's what you need to understand this morning. If you're going through a battle, you've fumbled the ball, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Satan is ruling your life. But I got good news. You don't have to continue to live that way. You can come to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and He will give the ball back to you. You're here this morning. You said, Brother Mike, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I'm in, I'm wrestling. Lord, Lord I, 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 I don't have the joy that I have. I, I, I got problems with my home. I got problems at work. I, I got problems within myself. Uh, and Lord, I, 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 I love you and I, I, I want to serve you, but it just seems like I, I, I'll turn around and I'm always, I'm always fumbling the ball. I, I look around and I, it seems like I'm always looking for where I dropped it. Where did I go wrong? But I got good news for you. You're going to have some instruction from the Word of God on how you can recover the ball and how you can now be the quarterback that God intended for you to be. Go back to Genesis. It was God's intent that man would be the quarterback. But he had to have a coach. A quarterback has a coach. And here's what we need to understand and here's where we messed it up. We think we can take the ball and we can call our own plays. We think we can take the ball and we can say, well, I can get over this. And you look around and you're always defeated. Your problem is that you haven't listened to the coach, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we see the power of Satan. Now, what does that mean? Authority and power, two different things. First of all, Satan has the authority. If you're lost this morning, you've you've never had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The authority that's over you is Satan. Now watch this. If you're saved, and you you say, but uh, it just seems like he always gets licks in on me. What's probably taking place is that you've got out of position. Are you catching this? What do you mean by that? When we have the ball, we're listening to the coach, and coach says, you need to throw it this direction, or you need to go that direction, or you need to run up the middle, whatever the case may be. And we listen to him, and we do what he's told us to do. We're going to be victorious. But when you're out of position, which means you've gotten out of authority. You got out of authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
When you get out of His authority, then you have no authority. And if you have no authority, Satan now has the authority. Here's a definition of authority. Authority is uh, the, the, uh, uh, the right to use the power that you have. I'm a police officer. And we thank God for our law enforcement and for their service to us. And they have a, a very tough job. It seems like uh, everybody's after them and they're always the bad guy in every situation. doesn't matter. But I want them to understand that this family here loves you and supports you and prays for you. And, and we, we thank you for what you do for us. But they have authority. Now, where is that authority? The authority was given them because they wear the badge and uniform. The authority is because the power they have been given. They have gotten the power to enforce the laws of the land. That's where their authority comes from. Their authority, just well, they just show up and say, okay, I'm in charge here. No, they didn't have the power to do that, but they were given that power. And so here's what happens many times when we're going through these battles and, and we always seem defeated. We get out of authority or we get out of the position of where we ought to be. Our authority is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that's calling the plays. He's the one that's in control of the game. And by the way, when He makes a call, it's always the right call. And you may not understand it, but whatever He says is always the way to go. But sometimes we lose sight of that. And when we do, then we're out of position. And when you get out of position, guess what? Satan comes in and says, okay, you just relinquish the power that you had to defeat me by getting out of the authority of the Lord Jesus and getting out of His will. And because of that, that power that was reserved for you, I now have the power. And so I don't have authority. See, He no longer has authority over you. We need to get this in our heads. Satan, if you're saved, no longer has the authority over you. The reason that he has the power is he didn't lose his power, but his power is only as good as what you allow him to have. Somebody's not getting this. Because th this is the key to this whole thing. The problem that we have in fighting these spiritual battles is that too many times we're getting out of position. And that's the reason why we're defeated. And Satan is going and he's taking control of where he doesn't have any more authority. Ephesians 6 says it, that the sin no longer has dominion over us. We've been crucified. The old man has been crucified. The new man has been raised. Then why do I still have these battles? Because his authority was crucified, but he still has power. But the only power that he's able to use is what you allowed him to use. Somebody ought to be set free on that one just right there. That's the reason why you're not able to get over your addiction. That's the reason why your marriage is going down the tubes. That's the reason why, oh, and we can go on and on and on. And many of our battles could be battles that could be won, but you're fighting them with the wrong weapons and you're fighting it in your strength and your strength is not enough. 
You got to put yourself under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has all authority. He has all power. Now, oh, so we get out from the third. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13, he says that we've been rescued from darkness and we've been transferred to the kingdom of his son. When you got saved, you got rescued. And the Lord Jesus gave you the ball back. He says, now get in there. Listen to me, be in my will, and you'll win this battle. Do you really believe that this morning? Do you really believe you've been rescued from darkness and you've been translated into another kingdom, a kingdom of light? So what does that mean? It means union or unity. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13, by the way, the book of Colossians is a, a book about being complete. and talks about how we're complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, here's sometimes when we're in the midst of the battle, we, we lose sight of some things that we say, oh, I knew that. But when you're, when you're in the heat of the battle, sometimes you, you get distracted or, 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 or uh, because of unconfessed sin. Or we can go on and on with the number of reasons why we get so consumed with our battles and where we get ourselves out of authority. Now, how do we do that? Well, when I've come to realize I can handle this myself. And the church sometimes has added to that way of thinking. Someone comes to them and maybe it's an addiction problem. And they said, well, son, if you just had more faith. Or, or maybe it's, you have uh, other issues and, and you say, well, you know, you just need to depend on God more. You need to have more faith. You, it's lack of your faith. We need to be very careful when we give advice like that. That person that's having this issue can be a saved person. It's not because of their lack of faith. It's because they've gotten out of position. They got out of the authority of God. And we can do that in numerous ways. You say, boy, those people that won't go to the doctor, and there's people out there that, well, uh, just have faith, just pray. And then the person dies. You know what they'll say? Guess he didn't have enough faith. That's crazy thinking. Snake handling. By the way, if you ever see two box, wooden boxes up here, run, run, run. If there's two boxes up here, one thing, I'm not going to be here. You say, well, that's kind of the extreme. No, it's not. Now, they take it to the extreme, but their way of thinking is exactly how Satan wants them to think. Well, yeah, we play with snakes. And they'll play with snakes and they get bit and they die. 
They don't say, well, they died because they were bit by a poisonous snake, which God gave them enough sense, we thought, to not pick up a a deadly snake. We don't say that. What do they say? Didn't have enough faith. You don't need more faith. If you're saved, watch this. If you're saved, you don't need more faith. You need to act upon the faith that you have. And, and so here in Colossians chapter 2, it tells us how, how a union, how, how do we get under the authority? How do we listen to the coach when he calls the play? How do we be victorious in the battles that we're facing, that we place ourselves under authority? How do we do that? We have to have a union with the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2, in verse number 9, it says, In Him. It says uh, in verse number 10 that you're complete in Him. In verse number 11 it says in whom or in Him. In verse number 12 it says with Him in baptism that we have died. And then it says in verse number 13 with Him we were raised in new life. And so here's the key. The key to it is we have to be in Him. And if we're in Him and He's in us, then we have to operate in that vein. You're not in Him or you're stepping aside when you get out of authority. When you start calling the shots. When you start looking for other avenues. When you say, I can handle this. You've placed yourself out of the authority of the Lord Jesus. And here again, I know this is repetitive, but we got to make sure we're getting this because I'm thoroughly convinced the, the, mo- the majority of the problems that we have within the church is that we've been in spiritual battles and we're fighting with the wrong weapons and we're fighting with the wrong game plan and we're getting out of authority, we're getting out of position when we should be uh, understanding and operating in the fact that in Him I can do all things. In Him I'm more than a conqueror. In Him I'm victorious. In Him, in Him, in Him. Are you getting it this morning? You need to be in Him and He's in us and the Scripture tells us us. He's made of this promise. Jesus said, if I abide in you and you in me, then I'm going to see to it that you win the victory that's in your battle. And the problem with many of us is that we have lost sight of that and we might have just had head knowledge of that, but we've never put it in practice. And it's not because of lack of faith, it's because we're not operating the faith that we already have. It's mind-blowing to see that the statistics, and I know you can make them whatever you want to, is that we're seeing the same problems that are affecting the lost world. The percentage is just as high as those who profess Jesus Christ. And before you start pointing fingers and say, well, they just get right with God. You're true. But every one of us here has gotten out of position. Every one of us here has sinned and failed. Every one of us, we didn't lose our relationship, but we broke our fellowship. And when you break fellowship with Him, 
then you no longer have the power to defeat Satan on his terms. We cannot do this by ourselves. We have to have the help of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we're fixing to close. Get an invitation. I know many of you like drinking coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. Whatever that means. But I, 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 I'm, I'm just kind of curious. And I'll stay around the coffee pot and just kind of watch how people do their coffee. Some of y'all have real issues. <laughs> Some of you like it black. Would you, would you like some? No, nope, black. Well, I want it. But the majority within this family get those half gallon jug of creamer. <laughs> you got hazelnut, French vanilla. I mean, there's all kinds. And uh, you'll, you'll get your coffee, you know, it's black. And then you take that creamer and you pour and you pour and you pour. <laughs> and you pour and you pour to where now that black coffee looks like uh, brown water. <laughs> and you can't take all the little stir straws and you stir it up, you know. And if you set it down, unless if you didn't smell it, you would have thought, what is this? And watch. That creamer did not, ch- it did change the taste but it didn't change the coffee from what coffee was. It's still coffee. And the creamer is still creamer. But now you've mixed it up to where on site you can't distinguish where the coffee starts and where the creamer begins. It's all mixed up, right? It's union. That is a union. And here's what we need to understand. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and when He comes in us, it should be quite evident that we don't look the same from when we began. We're different. We're different. Same coffee, same creamer. And that's exactly what we ought to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. When they see us, they see the Lord Jesus and there's no distinction And where the Holy Spirit goes, we go. Where we go, the Holy Spirit goes. And we have to continue to live under the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's when we have the ball and we can carry it to the finish line. But we have to have Him working in and through us And He is more than willing to do that, but you have to do your part. If you're going to have victory in your life, you got to do your part. You have to stay in position. Now, how do we do that? Tonight, we're going to look at the helmet. And we're going to look, during these next few weeks, we're going to look at, uh, all together, there are six pieces of armor. Notice what the Scripture says. The Scripture says the whole armor. didn't say you just pick and choose what you're wanting to put on. It's the whole armor. Amen. And, when we're, and so we're, what we're going, the Lord Jesus, first of all, said you got to get battle ready. Okay, how are we battle ready? We understand that we have to stay in position. 
to get battle ready, we have to understand that the, that the victory has already been won. Hey, that, that's in itself. Uh, you know, uh, going back to football, football can be a mental game. And, and I've seen it. I, I've been on teams where, you know, mentally, if, you're, if you think it, you can't make it, you probably won't make it. Yesterday at Sherry's Run, or we'll walk in some of our cases, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was a little disheartened because I, was, I hadn't even got to the mile marker and the guy who won uh, was already coming on the other side. And I'm thinking, this, I got a little discouraged. And, and, but then, here's what, I, here's what popped in my head. Hey, you're not competing with him. I'm not competing with him. You're competing with you. He says, as long as you keep on your stride, you'll finish. Don't go out there and think that you can run with the big dogs. It won't happen. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, we know what we need to do. We already know the victory's been won. And now, we've already won. But we have to. To act upon that. Can't just sit there and say, hey, we won. What's the use of going on? Won't work like that. We have to do our part. So what I'm trying to say today is that let's stay under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and let's realize the battle's been won, but our foe is still powerful. And if you're out of position, you're going to drop the ball every time. Every time. Somebody's here today. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. This invitation is for you. The Lord Jesus is waiting for you. And the Lord Jesus wants you to know that you can win. You can be a victor. You can be the quarterback. You can have the ball in your hands. But you have to be under His authority. Say, folk, some of you have been beaten up. You've got bottle scars to prove it. And we might not see them visibly, but you've got them inside. And something that's happened a long time ago that you haven't gotten over. Guilt. Shame where people said that you were a loser and that you would never amount to anything. And you hadn't been able to win that victory. Why? Could it be that you've gotten out of the authority and you started to listening to the lives of Satan himself? You need to be set free. Jesus Christ is the only one that can set you free.